This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So this class, this Wednesday night class that we usually have here, um, I think tonight it's appropriate to take a different approach. Um, you know, we're all in a certain way going through something on a national scale. Right after Yantif, when I think the scope of everything that had happened when it was hitting me, I found out on Yantif, but like when it was really like settling in, I, I literally was just like, there's, there's no words. Like there's no, you can't, you can't formulate words to express what we just went through. And now that it's Wednesday night, I don't think it becomes easier. In fact, maybe in certain ways it becomes harder because of all that we've maybe accumulated in our mind, like the, you know, experiences over the last few days for those of you who've been tuned in to really anything in the world. So I don't know that it gets easier, you know, as this unfolds. So tonight, it's not really, I don't mean to bust any bubbles here, but not necessarily, you know, me sharing any pearls of wisdom as much as, I do want to open the floor at the end for anybody who wants to share anything or say anything that you think could be a chizik to people. Um, and I sort of just want to take you through my own aniha katan, like my own personal, just emotional roller coaster. I'll say from the minute we started finding out like the things that happened and maybe one or two lessons that we could all, you know, work on together just to be machazik each other and, you know, in light of the whole situation. So for me, I was in shul, and it was Simchas Torah on Shabbos, and we started to hear like something was going on. I didn't know exactly like what, but we were hearing like, we should say to him, and I'm like, there's a matzah going on in our shul. We've all been there. I think we've all been there, like where you hear like something, it's like the, there's a pikula, there's a, something going on. And I think that like in my mind, that's what it was. It was like, there's probably like a serious attack somewhere. You know, they've, we've had this before. But I think as it unfolded, it really struck me that this is really, in a way, like a once-in-a-lifetime calamity event. There's not something that you, you, there's no precedent for this. It's not like, oh, yeah, remember the last time there was a bombing? Or remember last time there was, there was, there was nothing. In, 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 in our life, there was never something on this magnitude that has happened to the Jewish people that we can go back and be like, oh, yeah, I remember how I dealt with this last time. There's never been such a time. It is such a massive calamity that the scope of it, I think, is hard for us to even like process. I have this rule that I learned a while ago. It's something called the Anne Frank effect, which is that if you try to make sense of the Holocaust, for example, the Holocaust is 6 million people. Our brains cannot wrap around 6 million people. So it's not possible. You can't understand what 6 million people is. Six million people is, if you took six million people and they held hands, they would, they would circle the earth three times. You can't understand what that means. You can't. You, you can't. It's, your brain can't get to such a place. It's, it's not possible. So the Anne Frank effect is that there weren't six million people killed in the Holocaust. It was six million and one. And just focus on that one. And that's something that we, we, can, we can understand that if you then understand that you're now multiplying by a digit that's just so exponential it's so big it just 
it just the gravity of what happened, I think, sets in. So to me, I, I was thinking over Yantef, I was thinking, we started hearing about like people being kidnapped and the captives and everything. I don't want to go into the details of the story, but we started hearing that. It, you know, it struck me how I remember when Rabashkin was released. And I remember I was driving that night and I pulled over on the side of the road because I couldn't see because I was, I was crying. And my eyes were filled with tears. I was so happy when one Jew got out of an unjust situation. I was so thrilled. I remember I pulled over on the side of the road. I was just like, woo! Like, I was so happy one Jew got out. I was, I was like ecstatic, right? And you just contrast that with 150 people, 200 people in a situation that can't even fathom. Gilad Shalit, when he was released after five years in captivity, we gave up a thousand terrorists, but we were like, who cares? He got one Jew back, right? One Jew, we got one guy back for five years. He was like on our collective conscience. And then all of a sudden, like we got him back. Like there was such a relief, like, wow, the Simcha. And you try to multiply that feeling of, of dread of, for five years by 200, 200. That's a multiple. I, I don't think most of us could wrap our collective brains around it also struck me on on some cluster i was like thinking like the earliest time that we talk about like you know arabs massacring and and doing things was really like 1929 obviously it goes all the way back thousands of years but i'm talking about like in in recent history you know since when you know like what we heard of like when we were younger right is was was in 1929 everybody heard of the heaven massacre right slabatki yeshiva Right, everybody heard the story, and we talk about it. it's almost a hundred years from that massacre. Hundred years, we still talk about that massacre was the Hebron massacre, before the Medina, before they were blaming this and that and everything. Right, it was simply Arabs hate Jews; they want to kill them, and that's their national charter. That idea is is in our minds for a hundred years. We talk about that story, and that story there was like sixty seven, sixty eight people that were killed. Think about that for a minute, right? You multiply this, that, that, that's 5%, 5% of what happened here, 5%. For 100 years, we talk about that story as being like, it was a massacre. It was 5% of what happened. It, it, it's hard for us to wrap our brains around what happened here. And what, what, what struck me was that I think you know, we've all been through COVID, which is also something which was like, you know, we've never been through something like that, right? They talk about like in, you know, in 1920, they went through whatever they went through. And in 1820, it seems like every hundred years, there's this outbreak, right? And in a certain sense, what struck me was that they talk about like cumulative stress. I think maybe you could disagree with this, but I think that COVID in many ways was cumulative stress, right? It was, we saw it coming, Wuhan, China, right? And China shut down and this country shut down and this country shut down and Italy shut down. And it was one guy in the five towns. Like it became like this progressive thing. And then obviously it lasted and people started getting sick and the hospitals, it, it, it lasted a while. And there was this like cumulative stress factor. It went on for so long. This I think is, is the opposite. I think this is, is like the acute stress factor. It's something where it's, it's so much, so fast so hard that it's a totally different kind of processing. Right? I, I think that if we talk about this idea of the Anne Frank effect, if we can, like this one person focusing on this one person, I think you would agree with me that 
a very foolish person walks into a shiva house where one person died, maybe of natural causes or they were old age or they were sick and, and starts asking questions like, who was the doctor? Could you have gotten a second opinion? You know, you don't ask these questions. They're just so inappropriate. They're just so inappropriate. You're sitting in a shiva house. People go through the morning. You just focus on the morning. You focus on what the morning brings out from you. You focus on the feelings that the morning is supposed to put you through, the process of mourning. And I don't think it's any different here. I think that there's a lot of noise. And if you're, if you're tuned into the noise, you hear so many things that are just simply inappropriate, not appropriate. The political pundits and who's at fault and where was the army and all these things. Like there are things that I, I think we should leave to smaller people. They're for people who have nothing better to do, people who don't feel the pain. They don't understand what it means to be sitting in a shiva house. So they're asking foolish questions. Children ask foolish questions in a shiva house because they don't know what's going on. People out there who want to ask these questions, they could ask these questions. For us, I think there's a, a, a totally different path, if I, if I may say. We've spoken in this class about, I would call it two things, maybe three things that sort of are all interrelated. One thing we've spoken about a lot is how our avoda in life is that everything is letayma. We always say that we say the words, but it's all good. And we've said it like so many times, it's already cliche that we have to wait one day to see how it's good. It's good now. Appreciate the good that you have now. And it struck me over Yantif. I was like, where's the taiva? Like, where's the good? Like, I'm, I'm going to try to, like, like swim to the surface of these emotions. Like, like we're going to try to find the taiva. Like, in this moment, where's the taiva? Where is it? It's so hard to see. It's like a sea, an avalanche of emotions. I'm going to try to just swim to the top for a second. Where's the taiva? We've spoken about bittal, right? Being mavato your mind in a relationship. It's a good idea to be mavato your mind to the greater cause, to the bigger picture. Said with Hashem. We should be mavatal our mind, mavatal your das to Hashem. And you try in a certain sense to, okay, so, so, so what's the plan? Like, what was the big plan here? I, I, I can't. How do I surrender my mind, which is running a million miles an hour? It's almost impossible. Your brain is running. Your emotions are running. And then the third thing, which we talk about all the time, the, the song, right? The Adam Lenivra, right? I learned it's Ella, not Rakhle Sanagashem. Ella le Sanagashem. That's what we're created. And you're sitting there in just so much pain. And you're like, but where's the taina? Like, where's, where's that goodness? Where's that goodness on, on Simcha's Taira? Like, where's that goodness? Shemini Ataris, where's that goodness? It's like, oh, pulled back very harshly. Where's that goodness? Where did it all go? So I want to suggest, it's something that, again, just talking to myself, on the screen, so just me and me, you know, to listen in, that I think that emotions in many ways is just that. It's, it's, it's a catalyst, something that pulls you, pushes you, almost maybe like opens, opens you up. I was thinking recently how tears are such an expression of the soul, if you think about it. Like when somebody's like, when your soul is happy, 
right? You cry, you get overwhelmed, right? People stand under their kuppah. Hopefully they're crying because, right? They're like overwhelmed with like excitement, anticipation, simcha. Like just, it's like your soul is moved. I think also when things are not so good, same thing. Like you cry because it's not good. It's like that expression of the soul, like it pulls you. And I, I think that our avoida, I'll, I'll speak for myself, is really to try to figure out how do I take this massive motion, not just emotion, but the motion of emotion, the catalyst of emotion, the thing that pushes the emotion, how do I ride this horse? How do I make sure I'm on top of this? How do I make sure my head is above the water so that wherever this, this drive is pulling me, at least I could look around with some clarity. At least I could try to steer this tremendous feeling on my own rather than being caught up in it. And I'll admit it straight out. This was not, it was hard. This was hard. This was, this was very hard. Maybe I think I drowned a little bit within this process because I didn't want to just shut down the emotion. I think that collectively as Jewish people, we've lived through so many calamities. Just like the first thing that popped into my head was Yermio Anavi, right? Meeting Roshi Mayim. Like my head could just be right. The FK I'll just cry day and night. I was like the first thing that popped into my mind. I'm like I'm Like we're just thinking of like Like if I could just cry day and night. And I was like, yeah, we don't just shut down these emotions. This message wasn't sent out into the world for us to put it into the spam folder. This is a message, very clear message. Our job is to read the message, to process the message, to hear the message, to do something about the message. I think that before we do something, we have to learn how to feel something. And the feeling can't be a feeling of, eh, I'll suppress it, eh, I'll look away. If that's our anesthesia, because it's too much for us, fine. But at least let's recognize that there's something there. And what what struck me, and I'll say that I think this is, the first type, the first good that just struck me, I was like, so, so I feel the pain. So that means that I'm alive. If, if somebody doesn't feel the pain, then they're just emotionally dead. If you, if you don't feel that pain, then there's something wrong with you. And I was like, that's type. That's good. I, I feel it. I feel it. It's good. Right? Ask a soldier who's critically wounded, like they pinch his leg, they pinch his arm. Like, do you feel this? He says, no, there's a problem. And he's like, ah, oh, get off of me. They're like, okay, good. Baruch Hashem, you feel pain. Okay, good. That means that things are flowing. It means that you're alive. The first thing that struck me simply was, it's good. I think that there's such a movement that we should bring about Simcha. If you watch some of these clips with these soldiers, they're, they're dancing. I, I think because we definitely want to make sure that people are not caught up in the terror that's involved in this. No question about that. That's going to make you sink. It's going to make you drag behind this horse, this emotional horsepower that's pulling us in one direction. It's going to, you'll sink. So yeah, you have to balance it with something. No question. But we have to understand that we're balancing it. We have to understand that the feeling, that negative feeling is okay. It's okay. So many people reach out to me. They're like, I'm crying a lot. I cry. Like people reached out. They're like, 
I have so much anxiety. Like, okay, it's maybe a little bit worse. We're starting to like sink below the level. You know what I mean? Like we're going below the water. Make sure you're tread, treading water. Make sure your head is above the water. But the fact that we have the feeling, I think is okay. I think it's healthy. I don't think there's something wrong with somebody who wants to feel some pain. Pain is a catalyst for many things. And if we feel that pain, I think it's good. It shows simply that we're alive. It also struck me during just the course of Yantip. It was almost like this weird dichotomy. Because everyone was saying, the Rabbanim was saying, everybody was saying, like, it's Yantef. You have a mitzvah of Semchaz Yantef. It's like, yeah, you have a mitzvah of Semchaz Yantef, but like you're also, you're, you're, you're finding out, you're knowing what's going on. And I know some people didn't find out until after Yantef, right? A lot of people didn't even know anything until after Havdalah. Right. Everybody, I think, was different. Some, by us, and Arshul, somebody told somebody right in the beginning. So we looked sort of like, as things were unfolding, people were getting more and more information. It was like this weird thing. You're dancing on top of and like somebody's telling you another tragic thing. And I was like, isn't this like the embodiment of the Jewish people here? Like we're like crying outside the circle and dancing inside the circle and we're crying outside the circle and dancing inside the circle. This is like this like amazing moment of like emotion because our Avayda on Yantif is, it's Simchas Yantif. It's a mitzvah. You have a fear to be Simcha on Yantif. And then at the same time, it's like, but the reality of what's going on over here is like, is like pulling. And I remember as I was, I was davening, I was just, certain words were just jumping out at me that I've never like expressed or never felt these words before, right? We were benching and I was thinking like, right? Like Eretz Yisrael is taiva. Eretz Yisrael is good. It's good. The whole world wants to run away from Eretz Yisrael now. Like the shekel is dropping. There's no flights anywhere. I was like, no, right? We say this all the time, right? Taiva. If they remind ourselves, like this is, it's Taiva. Hashem gave us this land. I, I, when I was a kid, my family decided to split up the whole Sefer Tehillim for me and my siblings and my parents. And every week we all finished Tehillim together. It's something we're doing since I'm probably four or five years old. And one, a few of the Kapitlach that I say, Nun Aleph through Nun Hay is part of my my group. So I've been saying these Sukkim for probably 35 years. And I'm older than 35, so I've been saying it for maybe 35. And now that people and communities are splitting up, so I took those Sukkim. I was like, I'll take these Sukkim and I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'm familiar with it. I'm going to say it, but I'm going to try to really say it. And it was like also words that I've been literally saying for 35 years. We're jumping out of the sitter, the Tehillim. I was like, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe that I've been saying these words with no meaning, no heart. Like, I didn't even understand the words that I was saying. I'm saying this for 35 years and just never became real. And I was thinking, isn't that Taiva? Isn't that good? Go to a million speeches about something. A million speeches about something. To make something real in your life, that's what comes out of this. We talk about the idea, you could hear that song, either the old one or the new one, a thousand times. You could go to a thousand classes. It won't give you 1% of experiencing what we are collectively experiencing and feeling in a real way, the things that we're really feeling today. 
That's type. That's type. There's a connection here. Somebody could talk to you. They could tell you a story. You're living through the story right now. You could hear about a story that happened in 1929. Can't relive that. Right now, you're living through something. There's an opportunity here if we grab onto it. You probably know already that I'm an accountant. The, the, the last week of tax season. And it was interesting because I finished Yandif and usually like I run back to the office because it's like we missed the whole Yandif. We don't work on Cholomai and we got to get taxes done and we're emailing clients. And this was probably the first year that I didn't, I didn't run back to the office once Yandif. And before I was saying, yeah, I'll be in the office once Yandif. And then I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. And it struck me that we live our lives. Maybe you could relate to this. We live our lives where we have things that are such priorities. We have to do this. We have our deadline, right? Death and taxes, like the two things in the American thing. There's nothing else in the world but death and taxes. That's the only thing that's sure, right? Like, who cares? Obviously, we can't live our life that way. Obviously, you don't want your accountant saying that. But like, on our, on our list, could we feel for just a minute, a minute? Like, take any of the people who've gone through whatever they just went through and say to them, like, you know, would you rather go through what you're going through? And it's hard to even say these words or have the regular stresses of our everyday lives. Give anything to have the regular stresses of our everyday lives. The things that we think are so monumental, those fights, those things that, like, are so petty. It just puts it in perspective. Matzi Yantif, after all the things that we had going on over Yantif, so my one of my twins, our, our, our two-year-old, she wasn't feeling well. She had like a stomach virus. Now, admittedly, I'm not the husband who gets up at two o'clock in the morning to go take a shift. It's just, it, I'm not built that way, okay? I have helped a lot around the house, Baruch Hashem. Hopefully my wife doesn't have too many complaints. But they got up at two in the morning and like watch a baby. Very hard. Very hard for me. Like I need to sleep. I need to make sure I'm rested. I'm just like an instantist. It just totally throws me off. And as a few of the kids were up late during Yantif, my wife was up a lot. Came out to Yantif. This baby was shrieking. She was in pain. This was after me sitting and processing so many of these videos. I went into the room. I was like, oh my wife, I was like, sleep. I'm, I got this. I didn't sleep a wink the whole night. I was up with the baby and I was sitting there thinking, I was like, the schus to hold your baby in your hand, there's, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no, there's no feeling, no, you can't be reminded people, again, I'm not going to go into the story that people are going through in Eretz Israel, but just that shocking reality of like, hold the people you love close, hold them close, hold them tighter. Love them more. It's so real. It doesn't even have to be said. Nobody has to tell you what to do. These are, these are the waves of the emotions that we, I think, should be feeling during this time. Nobody has to tell you and reach out your arms like this and then cuddle like this and hold them on your shoulder. Just do it. Whether it's your mother, your spouse, your children, Anybody. It just makes life so real. It just makes things so real. 
again, in a way that a thousand schmoozing can't do for you just because it's just real. This is the reality of what we're living through. It also struck me that as this whole thing was unfolding, I don't know anybody who lives in the south of Eretz Yisrael. I don't know anybody in Stero or any of these cities. I was once in Stero. I don't know anybody who lives there. And I was thinking like, I'm having such an effect from people that I don't even know who they are. I don't even know who these people are. Why? Why am I so moved? And it reminded me, I was once walking with Rabbi Zachariah Wallerstein this hall. And he turned to me and he said, Ruben, pick any Jew in the world you want. Anybody, the most reprehensible person that you could imagine. I would rather get a smack from that person than a hug and a kiss from any guy. And we kept on walking. Whoa. What was that? Where did that come from? He said, collectively, the Jewish people have been through so much. We are family. That's it. We're family. Never forget that we are family. I don't care who the person is. If he smacks me, it's fine. As long as he's family. It, it made such an impact on me. And I was thinking, I don't know who these people are. They're going through something, obviously. But their, their family, we feel like a connection to every other yid right now in a way that we, we've never felt. You know what struck me? What struck me was, you've heard, right, that a big portion of this was like a music festival. What struck me was the Gemara says, Rav Chanina ben Tradian was one of the Hasara Ruge Machas, right? And they took him out to be killed. And they tied him up and they put a Sefer Taira and they were burning Rav Chanina ben Tradian. It says that they put, the executioner put wool over his heart so that his death would be delayed. And his Tamidim turned to him and they said, Rebbe, what do you see? And he said, I see that the parchment is burning, but the, the letters are just flying up to Shemayim. And they said, Rebbe, open your mouth and just allow yourself to die quicker. And he refused. He said, no, I'm dying, al Kiddush Hashem. I'll take my sweet time. I have the schus to do this. I'll take my sweet time. And the executioner was so moved by his interaction with his Talminim that he moved away the wall and he allowed him to die earlier. And then he jumped into the fire himself and he was burned. And Abbasco came out. And Abbasco said that Rechanina ben Tradian and his Hamas operative, the Roman soldier executioner, they both were Makadashim Shemayim and they both go straight to Ganeden. That's what the Gemara says. They both go straight to Ganeden. They were both Makadashim Shemayim in a second. And they both died Al Kiddush Hashem. They both go straight to the Kiseya Kavit. There's 1,200 Kedayishim. Like, whoa, 1200 Kadeshim. It, it changes your mindset. Hey, a music festival, Shabbos, 1200 Kadeshim, 1200 people who Makadish Shem Shemai, they died of Kiddush Hashem. That's our brothers and sisters. The schusim that they have collectively from the achdas that's going on in Kalyashal from the Kabbalah of mitzvahs that are going on in Kal Yisrael, from the people who are doing things in Kal Yisrael, people that are changing their lives, their relationships, it's unbelievable. 
the amount of time that is brought into this world by these 1,200 people. Ashrechem. Ashrechem. When we get up there, you're not even going to be able to see these people. You're not. They're going to be in such a high place, you can't even see them. And here we live in the heart of Lakewood. We do everything that we try to do. We put in every day and we plug and we do. And, and, and we're great. We're wonderful people. But they're better. They're higher. They're on a level that we can never, ever begin to fathom, understand. That's our brothers. That's our sisters. 1,200 kiddush struck me. Also struck me that I think anybody here would give anything to be able to walk the streets of Yerushalayim, walk the streets of any city in Eretz Israel. I was like, there's nowhere I want to be now other than there. You just want to be part of like what they violated. Like if somebody would break into somebody's house and like just walk around, you'd like touch the furniture and then walk out. You'd watch them on your video cameras in your house. You'd feel so violated. Like, get out of my house. Like, like, team was like you came in, like, what did you do? Get out of here. You don't belong here. I was leaning on Simplest Tyra morning. And after all the things that Moshe Rabbeinu blesses, all the different shvatim. He says, a pasuk, it's a, it's a bracha, which Rashi says is the first bracha that he gives collectively. He says, barzo unachayshas minalecha, that your, your borders, the entire border of Eretz Yisrael should be sealed, like barzo unachayshas. Nobody should be able to get in. And I was leaning this as this whole thing is going on. And they're talking, there might be more people in the north. And I, I, I lane this eight times because on Simchas Terry, you give everybody an aliyah. So my minion, we lane this eight times. And every time I was like, Barzel unachayshas menalecha. Barzel unachayshas menalecha. This is the tefillah. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu said. Barzel unachayshas menalecha. Barzel, like our tefillah for Eretz Yisrael, our yearning for Eretz Yisrael, our chukah to be back in Eretz Yisrael, to recognize that everything we have here, this is all galas. This is all galas. It's all gullus. The things that we think are so important, they're not so important. The lives that we lead, of course, the ruchnia side of things, of course. But everything else, we have to be ready to... This is important. Your car, your Tesla, your charging station. It's gullus. All we want is to be able to be close to the Shechina, to have our Sanhedrin. Right? We're Mitzapel Yeshua. That's who we are. That's who we are as people. And we say those words all the time. Of course we do. Because it's part of the book that we're given every day and say these words. But it's not any more, at least for now, and I think we have to hold on to this feeling. It's not any more just words, lip service. If we can make one fila, one benching real, I think that's the type. I think that's the kirva. That's the closeness. Like, Something bad happened. You just you just pulled back into reality. And then, what struck me was that I think in our lives, tell me if you agree with this. When you go through certain things and you have 
your own mind and you think you have it all figured out, it might be a business deal, it might be a relationship, it might be a problem you have, it might be something in school, it might be something at work. When you, when you think that you have the answer and somebody else tries to tell you their version, you're like, okay, thank you. Right? I, once, I, I once read in a book that when somebody says to you, you're right, they're just trying to quiet you. And when they say that's right, then you know that they agree with you. So every talking to somebody, they go, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. They're, they don't think you're right. They're just like, they're quieting you. When they go, oh, right, right? That's when they listen. You're right versus that's right. And I was thinking that when we live our, our, our everyday lives, we go through things and we have our mind and we think we have it all figured out. And if somebody says to you like, yeah, but maybe you should do it this way or maybe the Ratzon Hashem is something else, it's hard to like listen. It struck me that when we're, when we're going through something that our brains simply cannot compute. It cannot compute. You can't figure out why. You can't figure out a, a motivation. All the normal, natural things that our mind goes to, it's out the window. This is like beyond. It's beyond. I think actually in a certain sense, maybe it's even easier to be Mavatul Das. It's easier to realize you're part of a master plan. You and me, we are living through a master plan right now. There's a world stage and it's all playing itself out. We lived through this with COVID. We saw this as a master plan. You can't wrap your brain around COVID. You can't wrap your brain around the whole world shutting down. Millions of people dying. You cannot wrap your brain around that. Just like we can't wrap our brains around the Holocaust. Just like we can't wrap our, our brains around anything. And I think that that's the key. To be Mavato Das means that we are Mavato Das. We, we subjugate our mind. We say, listen, even though we have all of our Cheshbainas, we're Mavato Lar Das. Avram Avinu had to do this by the Akedah, right? It all is Cheshbainas. Hashem is Taif. He's, he's, he's Racham. He's Hanun. All Hashem does is Chesed. I'm going to emulate Hashem. Chesed, Chesed, Chesed. Hashem says, okay, now go take your son. Kachas Bincha, Yechidcha, Asher Hafta, right? And you're like, what? Yitzchak, I'm taking Yitzchak. Well, I'm not taking Yitzchak. I have two sons. Yishmael, what are you talking about? Since yeah, yeah. The ultimate level is that you're mavatel, your das. All your chesbainas go out the window. Within our lives, we live our lives for mavatel, our das. Sometimes it's a challenge. I think many, in many ways, over here, it's not so hard anymore. Not so hard anymore. I think that, in a way, without us really realizing it, at least for the time being, I'll say. I think we were all just drafted into this massive collective army. You may not have gotten like the paper in the mail. You may not have to fly to Eretz But in, in many ways, we were all just drafted into this massive army. I think that by just recognizing who we are, recognizing that we're connected Right? There's Am Yisrael, there's Eretz Yisrael, like the collective people. We have to just recognize that we are part of this army. I just want to say two stories which I, I heard which blew my mind. I think it really lends itself to what our, what our call to action is. Two stories, very quickly. I'm sure you heard that there was, there were two Two places that were Shemesh Shabbos and all these places. There were 21 places that were attacked. 
And there are two cities that were completely Shemr Shabbos. And they came there, and they like rattled the gates for a second, and then they ran away. And they, they left them alone. Two places, right? And that, that really blew me away because they got through the Gaza fence. Getting through this little security should have been nothing. But they, they came, shook the fence, ran away. Unbelievable. There's a, a different story, which also just jumped out at me. A guy who was not Shemr Shabbos, he went to Uman. And in Uman, he met somebody, and the guy was being makar of him a little. And he was machazakim, like, you know, I think you should try, like, be machazak on Shemir Shabbos. And this guy came back to Israel, and his friend told him, hey, you should know there's this big music festival coming up, going on for a couple of days. And he went, he was there. And as the sun was starting to go down on Friday, he got like a little herher tshuva, and he was like, I don't think this is the place for me. And he ran, he left. And he was obviously gone by the time this whole thing started. Right? A little pintle of something sparked up. It just reminded me, like, our Berkowitz always talks about how, like, the idea of halacha is the fabric of existence. The fabric of the world we live in. When we, when we keep halacha, when we do the things we're supposed to do, it just creates this, like, safety net. When we're just, you know, makoko, when it just is lax, when it just falls off to the side, creates a hole in that protective layer. I'm sure you've probably seen like hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of pairs of tzitzis that are being given out now in Eretz Yisrael, right? Everybody has cars of tzitzis. Also, just saw this story that during this whole, everything that was going on, there was a guy, he was a soldier, not on duty, but he came under attack by all these, like a, a group of Hamas operatives. And he killed a few of them. And then he ran out of bullets and he took one of their weapons and he ended up killing more and more and they killed a bunch of Jews and he had killed a bunch of them and he was seriously wounded. He was laying in a ditch on the side of the road. And I'm sure you know that the IDF took them like six hours to get to some of these locations. Six hours. The guy was laying on the side and he was bleeding out. He was near death and they came running in. They couldn't tell who was who. And they see this guy laying on the side and he's severely wounded and he's holding one of Hamas rifles, and they were going to end his life, but leave him for dead. And then one of them turned and said, wait, 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 I see the guy has strings. The guy has tzitzes sticking out of his shirt. And they, they rushed into the hospital, and he, was, he survived. Unbelievable. Like, let's say to you, like, tzitzes will protect you. <laughs> Come on. Like, it's bulletproof thing. Like Hashem works in so many mysterious ways and it's hard for us to fathom. But I, I think that our our takeaway is three things, if I may say. Number one is we're part of something. Let's allow these emotions to take us. But we can ride these emotions. We can steer these emotions. We can control these emotions. I think we have to recognize like the brothers said about Yaakov Avinu, v'nafshay kishura v'nafshay. We have to tie ourselves to the bigger picture of, of, of Am Yisrael, of Eretz Yisrael. Like, steer yourself in that direction. See the good, feel the good, be part of the good. Recognize that there's real, true evil in the world. Real evil. Not justified any way, shape, or form, despite anything that, that you're going to hear. 
even like liberal liberal media personalities are saying to each other, like, are we wrong? Do we have to rethink our narrative over all these years? Like they're saying to themselves, you hear them talking, published videos, they're talking to each other. They're like, do, were we saying the wrong things all these time? We kept calling them freedom fighters. We kept calling them militants. Is there something wrong with us? The answer is yes, there is something wrong with us. Our Berkowitz always talks about the idea that we have a very clear definition of right and wrong, of taiv and ra. We, that's what we have. The conscience of a yid. Hitler, you mach right? Mein Kampf, my conscience. He hated us for that. He killed six million of us for that one idea, that we have a conscience. It's when we, when we take that conscience and we get so confused as to what's good and what's bad, when we start to blur those lines and everything becomes gray, whether it's in halacha or whether when it's just understanding what is good and what is bad. Eretz Yisrael is toiv ma'ayv. That was the mistake of the Miraglim. They started blurring everything. No, it's toiv ma'ayv. It's good. You bench, it's toiv. It's Eretz, chemda, toiv ha'urachava. We have to say it. Remind yourself, mind kampf, my conscience. What does your conscience tell you? What is your good? What is your bad? You see things that are bad, say that is bad. The world we live in today is everything is blurry. It's very unclear. Speak your truth. Identify yourself as whatever you want. You could be a lamppost. You do whatever you want. It doesn't make a difference. As long as that's how you feel, you feel that way, then great. Who am I to tell you what you should feel? That's your truth. It doesn't matter what truth is. And we're like, no, there is truth. There is good and there is evil. Celebrate that you're on the side of good. My son Jimmy said, even some people, it's, when it's cool to be good, they're on the side of good. You know what I mean? Like when the good is winning, then you're like, ah, oh, now, I'm, now I'm a fan. It's not so geschmack to be on the side of good when good is down. Remind yourselves you're always on the winning team. You're always on the side of good. The end of the story, what will be? Hashem is writing the script. Hopefully this is just another one of the birth pains of Mashiach and he's here very, very soon. But just remind yourself, I'm on the side of good. Like Connect yourself with that. Connect yourself with our people, our suffering, our words, our tehillim, our davening. I think the, the last thing is just simply just making sure that the things in our life are real. Take anything. Anything. It could be benching. It could be ashayatsar. It could be bracha achroina. It could be davening. It could be anything. Just make it real. One thing. One tefillah. One bracha. One cup tefillah. Every day. This is my real. I'm going to remind myself what's real. These Kedoshim don't need our Sposim anymore. They don't. But in their Spos, in the Spos of the soldiers, the men and women who are putting their lives on the line to defend good, to defend good against evil. We have to be the back army. They have the soldiers on the front line. They have the intelligence officers. And right behind them, the one that's really supporting all of them is us. 
our mitzvahs, our davening, our tehillim. Nobody in their right mind would think Shabbos is going to save you. Tzitzit is going to save you. Yeah, it's real. It's real. It has to be real. It has to. We can't do it 24 hours a day. We can't. We do it for two minutes. Two minutes of just living life as a real Jew. And then that's for us. Hashem should just cast this net, this massive blanket, surrounding Eretz Yisrael, surrounding us, our families, protecting us, and our soldiers, and our civilians, and all the people who need the Shemira, and all the people who need the Rufuah, and all the people who are separated from their families, we're the ones that can bring them back in a real way. And we have to believe that. It was a soldier who went through the whole Lidavid. I don't want to go through the whole thing. He went through the whole thing. It was very, very powerful. Where he was saying how we just said for 40 days that he was smiling into the camera. It gave me so much nachat. He was like, we just said these words for 40 days. Right? They want to come. They want to rip. No problem. Hashem. It's just you. There's nothing. Right? It happens on end of Sukkot. The Yaimra on a bad day. It's right here. We just said it. Literally went through like every single word. You know what struck me? It was like, I also said those words for 40 days. Right? He, he said the words for 40 days. A little different than I said them. It was real. It was real. We say it, said it. It's actually interesting because this year, I kept hearing in the beginning, like anyone who says the David for 40 days this year, like with the real Kavana, you heard this also, right? They're going to have a Shmirah and it's going to be a great year for them. And I was like, why this year? I've never heard this ever in my life. This year, the David all of a sudden became such a big Tvila. And here you have a soldier who's like, yeah, what do you mean? We just read it, right? He's reading the Pasuk. He says, He come will be Ede Shekar, Hamas. He's like, when they rise against me, Mama's right here. What the Pasuk says. But he says, it says right away, right? Lule Don't worry, it's gonna be fine. We're gonna win. Why? Because Kave Alasham Khazak Lamitzibacha you have betachan, you have emuna, benafshe kishur benafshe. You connect yourself, you tie yourself to the ultimate goodness. Chazak v'amitzibecha, be strong, rise above, ride the wave, surf the wave of emotion, control it, steer it, ride this horse. Kavel Hashem. It's amazing the times that we're living through. But I think like anything else in our lives, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for connection. It's an opportunity for chizah. 
And I would argue that you don't need outside chizak at this moment. Maybe you do need people to tell you things, but there's so much nuclear energy inside of each and every one of us right now. It was just thrust upon us. You have no choice. Almost like you have no bechira right now. There's so much going on inside. Just channel this for good. Don't go underneath the wave. Don't allow like the wave of terror and all of the, the things that can bring you down, bring you down. Make sure that you keep your head high and Amir Tashem, this should just be a catalyst with Taiva and a way for us all to connect to each other. And of course, of course, Tasha. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.